What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Joined with my guy, Juice Alert. Jamal McKinney, what's going on, my dude? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, people probably are wondering where I've been as far as making content. I, I've i already kind of discussed that on my channel. Last time I actually made an episode, I recently got a job here in the Ohio area by where I go to college. It's a station called WTOL 11. I work there as an editor. Uh, kind of a photographer as well, because I, I'll, I'll eventually be going out to shoot video and whatnot. But yeah, I'm still in school. I get school credit for the class. I figured it was a great opportunity. And not that I'm, I, I plan on making a lot more content pretty soon with the channel. I'm officially out of school now. So I have a lot of things I can juggle now. It's just that, you know, life hits you hard sometimes. And, you know, um, good things happen, bad things happen. But just trying to find myself overall, I didn't necessarily want to like, sacrifice the channel but sometimes in life you have to sacrifice things and just you know hasn't been the chapters these past couple months but i definitely have not quit youtube i will be back to making content whenever appreciate the people that recently watched my tyson anderson breakdown video um where i interviewed actually a fifth round pick that got drafted by the Bengals uh, for my television class and i posted the video on youtube it did pretty well it was already on youtube but you know, my channel's got a following, so I figured why not post it. But yeah, happy to be talking to you. Me and JT definitely talk a lot outside of making content. So should be a great, a great discussion, no doubt. Yeah, man. Like the te- the the debates we have in the in and through text are like man. But yeah, I saw I saw the one that you did with the safety from Toledo. I also saw um the one that you did with the burger joint. I, I was like, Oh wow. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I never here we go talking about burgers. I wasn't expecting this, but I'm gonna watch. Also, shout out to Samuel Womack, who got drafted in the sixth round by the 49ers, a defensive back from Toledo. Brian Kobach should have been drafted by someone. Don't know why he wasn't invited to the combine, but I think he'll be a good fit for the Vikings, you know, filling in if Dalvin Cook gets hurt. But yeah, man, we got some topics to talk about. So I don't really want to waste much more time, I guess, you know. Yeah, man. Before we start, let the people know where they can find you at. Oh, for sure. So you can find me on YouTube. Just type in the juice alert. You'll find me. I pretty much have a podcast where I talk about football, um, a little bit of NBA, a little bit of MLB as well, but mainly a football channel where I talk everything, you know, NFL and college football related, really diving into the theories of sports, my personal theories of sports in terms of how to build teams, you know, what makes quarterbacks great what makes co- coaches great, things like that. Basically a whole breakdown of a lot of different crazy opinions. And I recently actually got a new Instagram because my old Instagram is no longer there. So you guys can follow me on Instagram, um, Jaman, G-H-I-M-A-N underscore McKinney, uh, nine, the, the number nine after the McKinney. So yeah, just um, follow me on there if you want. And again, a lot of y'all know me as Juice, but my real name is Jamon McKinney. It's kind of spelled weird, so a lot of people just call me Juice. But, yeah, excited to be here, like I said. So let's get into it, man. First thing I want to ask you, man, who do you think is going to win NFL MVP this season? There are, you know, a lot of candidates who are probably going to reside in the AFC because, you know, the AFC right now is a madhouse for talent right now. Meanwhile, you look at the NFC, mm, really a lot to be decided you get what i'm saying like we kind of have an idea who's going to be there in the afc but we don't have an idea not because like we don't know who's going to be good it's just that 
so many good teams, somebody's going to get left out. So when you look at the MVP race, I mean, should be pretty interesting. So throw, throw me a name. So it's kind of hard for me to predict who's going to actually win the award right now. I will probably make an MVP prediction on my channel eventually. And I'll probably, I'll kind of make one here as well, but I kind of have three names in my head. I will say, I think a dark horse is actually the reigning two-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people are going to count the Packers out just because they have questions at the wide receiver core, but the defense is really good and the run game is there. Aaron Rodgers, we know he, we know he's an elite quarterback. He's actually in the past like, three years, I believe, eight and one without Devontae Adams. So he plays some of his best football when he doesn't force feed the ball to a number one wide receiver. Not that Devontae, you know, you don't want him in the lineup because he's excellent. He's elite. I wish he was still a Packer as a Packers fan, you know, but I think, I think Rodgers will still be in the conversation. I was tempted to say Josh Allen, but here's the reason why I'm not going Josh Allen. Because the Buffalo Bills put a lot on Josh Allen's plate where they ask him to run the football and basically be the run game. You know, the offensive line is good, but it's not elite, like where he has to kind of make up for that. You know, the weapons are really, really good, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're the best weapons in the league. So the point I'm trying to make is I don't think Josh Allen is quite at the level he's close. You know, I think he's close to Mahomes. I think he's close to Rodgers. But there's a level of inconsistency to his game. And I think we saw that last year versus Jacksonville, you know, versus the Colts at home where there were some stingers in there. Pittsburgh, the first game of the season, didn't play his best football. So I think Josh Allen is arguably a top three quarterback in the NFL. It's just that I'm waiting to see the consistency from him. Maybe it's this year to where I can say he's going to be that legit MVP candidate. I think the Buffalo Bills will win games because of their defense as well. So Josh Allen's a name that I thought about, but really I have, I have three names. I thought about Deshaun Watson. That's one guy, Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. Okay. Those to me are going to be the top three candidates. I'm interested to see how Deshaun Watson does in Cleveland because are they going to make the offense centered around him where he's going to be throwing the ball over the field or are they going to actually take the ball out of his hands and rely on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? That is going to definitely determine his MVP odds, how much Cleveland actually is going to want to run the football. But also, how many games is he going to play? Is there a potential suspension? But this is the best situation Deshaun has been in in his pro career. He's got a great offensive line, a great run game, a head coach that I have questions about, but the offense that Kevin Stefanski runs, it fits Deshaun Watson. And I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield fanboys. I, I think Baker a good quarterback when he's healthy, but Deshaun is clearly way better than Baker Mayfield. So I think he'll make Amari Cooper a star once again as well. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, he's in a pretty good situation as well, you know, with the weapons he has in Denver. The offensive line is a little questionable, but, you know, we'll see. He can make most offensive lines work. I don't think the offensive line is bad. I just don't think it's, like, great, you know, but we'll see. My problem with Russell Wilson is he's learning a new system this year, and you know, we'll see if he takes off, but I think there will be some growing pains. However, he has everything going for him in Denver. There's a reason why he left Seattle. I think he's going to be in the MVP conversation just based off of narrative. Like people are going to watch and tune into Broncos games and storylines matter in these awards. And my last candidate is Matthew Stafford. He, ca he came off his best season this past year, throwing for 41 touchdowns, almost at 5,000 yards, passing, completed 67% of his throws. Now, the Rams did lose Andrew Whitworth, so that does worry me a little bit. The protection, it's a little questionable. 
But if Stafford didn't throw so many interceptions last year, he might have won the doggone MVP. So while I do think the offensive line is a little bit of a question in L.A., I think Matthew Stafford has a chance to really push some steam towards that MVP award this year. If all of those guys are healthy, though, man, give me Deshaun Watson. I'll take Deshaun Watson to win in Cleveland. I don't think this is the year he went to Super Bowl in Cleveland, but I think this is the year where people are going to realize just how great Watson is because assuming he plays all the games, right? You know, because if you don't play all the games, you're out, you're kind of out of the race. So if Watson plays most of the games, I think he's going to take off immediately. I know he hasn't played in a year, but right now at this very moment, he's my pick to win MVP just, just because I think the offense is perfect for him. I do think Cleveland has the chance to win that division. I don't, I, everyone's high on Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a little bit overrated. That might be a hot take, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Pittsburgh, we talked about them several times. I, I just have questions. Don't, don't, don't start it. Don't please. I, I, I just have some questions about Pittsburgh. I think Cleveland's a better team. And Cincinnati, you know, we'll see. But how will they handle expectations? Cincinnati has the expectations that, hey, we need to get back to the Super Bowl. And while Cleveland has eventual Super Bowl expectations with Deshaun Watson, it's pretty clear that Cleveland kind of thrives when they're under the radar. And I think that people are sleeping on Deshaun just because he hasn't played in a year. And I think he's still an elite quarterback. I think that you can make the argument. So I think Deshaun Watson would probably be my pick right now. The storyline is there. The situation is there. And he's a darn good football player. Man, I don't really got too many candidates as you. As a matter of fact, I only got one. But, I mean, I can list off a couple guys just to name some. So, like, Matthew Stafford, I don't know. Like, I think he's going to be there, but I just feel like he's always going to have, like, the turnovers. And, like, last year what really kept him from getting in that MVP momentum was he had a really bad stretch. Like, you talk about the inconsistency with Josh Allen, but almost every quarterback outside of Aaron Rodgers had, like, a little stretch. Like, Matthew Stafford had a stretch, like, near the tail end of the season where he was – chalking up interceptions like it was nothing um this is like when they lost the 49ers like they had dropped a couple games but like I think he's definitely gonna be there I don't really know about Deshaun simply for the fact that even though they're gonna have upgrade at quarterback like when you have a coach that likes to run the football like nothing really changes it's just that you know like when you have a better quarterback however it's like you can trust him in more situations like for example Baker Mayfield like you just wanted to run the football as much as possible because dude was injured. And on top of that, he wasn't that effective. So you was kind of trying to run the ball to keep the ball. You was trying to play keep away from Baker. However, with Deshaun Watson, you know, like the run game isn't there. You, you can go ahead and get it done through the air. But I just don't really know if Cleveland has enough depth like they have had in the past when it comes to wide receiver. I definitely feel like outside of Amari Cooper, there are a lot of question marks there. However, like, I got to go with Joe Brr. I'm going with, I'm going with Joe Brr. I, I did it right. Oh, you see, I couldn't do it again. But I got to go with Joe Burrow, man, because I just got done doing a video about Cincinnati or a segment that I just uploaded. Like, Cincinnati went from having the worst off the line in the league last year to having one of the best in over the span of one offseason. We already knew about left tackle Jonah Williams. He was their best offensive lineman, the only one who looked competent at blocking at times. 
Um, you sign center Ted Karras, you bring in off the guard, Alex Kappa. You also bring in Lael Collins, right tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the, the only really concern I have, well, the only question mark on the off the line is going to be Carmen Jackson. Now, Carmen Jackson was drafted last year in the second round out of Clemson. And, like, he didn't start a lot of games. He started a few games. He played sparingly, but, like, he wasn't the greatest. So, like, eager to see where he comes along in his development. But you look at Joe Burrow. You look at the season he had last year, 31 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, threw for 4,611 yards. Imagine what he's going to do this year behind the better offensive line now that he's going to have more than two seconds to throw the football, like, a lot of people keep asking, like, is Cincinnati going to fall off? Like, I don't think so, simply for the fact that they have Joe Burrow. Like, I don't really trust Zach Taylor in a sense, but I trust Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow, like, he he's money. Like, against the spread, he doesn't lose that much. Like, he's free money. Against the Super Bowl, he covered. Joe Burrow, easy money. So, like, I just feel like as long as he stays healthy and, you know, unless, like, things really hit the fan, like – I just feel like he's going to be my clear cut just because like all the weapons he's going to have, he's going to have the volume. He's going to have a better off the line, more time to throw the football. Like I won't be surprised if dude ends up throwing 60 touchdowns. Like I know it sounds unrealistic, but I think it's a possibility that it could happen because one thing about Cincinnati, like I was talking to somebody earlier. He was like, Cincinnati probably could have won the Super Bowl if they ran the ball more. And I went back and I looked at the numbers and whatnot. And yeah, Joe Mixon was averaging like over four yards per attempt. I don't know why they stopped running the ball. So it's like, it seems like they just like throwing the football around to everybody. So you think about what um, Jamar Chase did last season. That's a rookie. Imagine what he's going to do this season with another year of development. I think he can end up becoming something special. Like I think he probably could go over 2,000 yards, but I'm going to go with Joe Burrow as my pick to win NFL MVP this upcoming season. So it's like, yeah, man, so Joe Burrow is my pick to win MVP. Like, I mean, Justin Herbert could be there, but I just feel like offensive line, probably the best receiving core in the NFL. Like, I'm just going with Joe Shiesty. See, you mentioned Zach Taylor. I don't think Zach Taylor's bad, but I don't think he's great. So the coaching to me is kind of average in Cincinnati. He could prove me wrong. When you get to a Super Bowl, you out coach Danny Reed in a big game. That should matter. Very good at adjustments. Yeah, yeah, but it's just one of those things where in the Super Bowl, I thought he got vastly outcoached. I'm still not sold on Zach Taylor, but I'm not picking Joe Burrow just because I don't know how the Bengals are going to do because I don't want to compare them to Washington because I was not as high on Washington this past year. Everyone was kind of high on them and said they potentially could win the division. I said, yeah, talent-wise, they maybe could, but it's all about how you can handle expectations. And I keep saying time and time again, these franchises like the Bengals, the Browns, the Washington Commanders, like they have to prove to me they can actually come into a season, handle Super Bowl expectations and win games. And Joe Burrow might play at an MVP level, but I don't know how many games Cincinnati is going to win in a tough division. So that's where I would give the pushback there. But I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. You see, before we move, the only thing I have to say against that is that those franchises you just made, you don't have a Joe Burrow. You see, like, when you have a elite quarterback like a Joe Burrow, like, Joe Burrow is way better than what Carson Palmer was in year two. Like, Carson Palmer was a very good quarterback, 
but he wasn't good enough that he could make up for the lack of inefficiencies that you may have at other positions. Like what Joe Burrow did behind that offensive line last year was nothing but impressive. And the fact that they won a playoff game, despite the fact he got sacked, what, 11, 10 times, like was even more impressive. Like, I feel like, I feel like, it's going to be a team that ends up missing out on the postseason, which is why I haven't been willing to put money down on Pittsburgh. You get what I'm saying? Because I, I do feel like there's a good chance we end up missing out, not because I think we'll have a losing record, but simply for the fact that I think the seventh seed is probably going to go to a team that has at least 10 wins. I don't really know if we could be able to get the 10 wins. We might be stuck at nine again, but let's talk about Davis Mills. So, Imagine me telling you that, you know, Davis Mills was going to be the second best rookie quarterback behind Mac Jones. He's going to have a better rookie season than Justin Phil, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. Like, you probably looked at me like I was crazy, and I probably would have looked at you like you was drunk if you would have told me something like that. I'd be like, Davis Mills? The Texans? Like, are you crazy? But, I mean, the, the dude balled, man. Like, the dude really balled. Like, every game I saw, like, was pretty impressive. Like, he didn't really – like, he had, like, one stinker in there. But other than that, like, the dude was really solid. So, like, do you feel like Davis Mills were, will submit himself as the starting quarterback or the franchise quarterback for Houston this season? Honestly, Houston – Hold up, hold up. Before I let you start – I don't know if you know this, but their offensive coordinator is Pep Hamilton. Remember, Pep Hamilton was the quarterback's coach for Justin Herbert his rookie season. And I don't know if you've seen this video, but at, when he hired Pep Hamilton, I made a video and said that Pep Hamilton was going to be monumental in the development of Justin Herbert that rookie season because Pep Hamilton's smart, has a high football IQ, and normally he clicks with quarterbacks who are also super smart. Justin Herbert was like, what, like a biology major or something that, like that? And you look at Davis Mills, he comes from Stanford. So you have somebody who's going into that quarterback room who can speak his language, but you know, you do have Lovey Smith as the head coach. So, I mean, I don't really know. But, I mean, I like Pat Pimbleton as his OC. I definitely feel like that's going to be a big factor and, you know, how successful he'll be this season. But what do you think? Will he be the franchise quarterback? Honestly, I don't think – I think the Texans have no choice but to wrap their arms around Davis Mills. You know, people could talk about some of the moves they made in the draft, getting Derek Stingley, you know, um, having Brandon Cooks come back to the team. like. These are decent moves, but this team is well, they're far away from contention. We know this. So you might as well just see what he's got. You know, now you mentioned Davis Davis Mills was potentially the second best rookie quarterback last year. I think you can make the argument he was the first, just considering the situation that he was put in. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones had a bad year. He led the Patriots to the playoffs. He was good. But here's one thing that gave me a little bit of pause. And I have this little theory right here because the Patriots kind of in a, in a way protected Mac Jones a little bit, just because when you have a rookie quarterback on a good team, like the Patriots, you don't want them doing too much. You just say, Hey, you know, take the check down, hand the football off, play to our defense, because while you're a rookie quarterback that could potentially make mistakes, we're a team that can win right now unless you're this ultra talented guy, we don't want you, you know, messing up the script. And I think that in a way that kind of hurt Mac Jones development because Davis Mills got an opportunity to go out there and just kind of explore the playbook and do whatever he wanted because the Texans weren't that good. So what you saw was at the end of the season, 
Mac Jones still had the baby food being put in his mouth, whereas Davis Mills, he was given the keys to the car. And he improved a lot throughout the season. And you saw at the end of the year, you can make the argument he was performing as the best rookie quarterback out of them all. Like he completed 67% of his passes. Justin Fields and Trey Lance weren't even close to that. Not even close. I think they were better players coming out of college. And I felt that they should have been drafted over Davis Mills. The thing with Davis Mills was he just didn't play a whole lot of games at Stanford. I mean, 14 games in three years. But the bright side is that he has a lot of potential because he only played really one year of college. This guy is still developing. This guy is still growing. And you, you look at the physical tools. We already talked about how he was a pretty accurate passer this year. The one thing I like, the one thing I really like about Davis Mills is he throws a very catchable football. And that kind of sounds really cliche because you're a quarterback. You're supposed to throw a catchable ball. But I, I know what you mean. Like he, like make, he makes Newton, it easy to catch the ball. He makes it more easier. The he, receiver he doesn't have to his, work that much. Exactly. Like Cam Newton, as good as he was, a former league MVP, got to a Super Bowl. At times there was inconsistency because of bad ball placement, like where he would make the wide receiver have to work a little extra. Josh Allen had that problem several years ago until he, he kind of corrected those things this year. So Davis Mills already has this natural ability to throw the football and allow his receivers to catch it in stride, you know, run up field. Like his ball placement was really good this past year, especially for a rookie. I think that's some, that's a trait that he can really build on. And he, he already has pretty good size, you know, six foot four, 225. You know, he has a pretty good understanding of defenses already, which is pretty impressive considering that he's a rookie. They only played 13 games in college. So there's definitely something there with Davis Mills. You know, I think the Texans should definitely wrap their arms around him, especially considering the fact that Deshaun Watson is gone out of town. You go, you know, obviously, I don't think Davis Mills will ever be as good as Deshaun Watson is. But you go from Deshaun Watson to Davis Mills, then you have something. So I think he's capable of being the franchise quarterback. I want to see him continue to take a leap forward. We'll see how he looks running a new offense. Pep Hamilton definitely will help him this year, I believe. But at the same time, he plays for the Houston Texans organization. I have my questions, you know. Um, kind of the same with Justin Fields, who plays for the Chicago Bears franchise. Like, it's, it doesn't suck that Justin Fields landed with the Bears. It sucks that they're not building around him. Like, we talk about, oh, he landed with this bad team. Well, we've seen teams like the Bengals, who were a dysfunctional team at times, you know, find a way to build around Joe Burrow. They figured it out. They improved, you know. So we'll see how, how this whole rookie quarterback class goes. But I think Davis Mills, there's definitely something there. I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. I do. I still believe in Justin Fields. I really can't understand why the 49ers are not wrapping their arms around Trey Lance. But, hey, I'm not at practice every day. I'm not in the meeting room. So there's a lot of pressure on Trey Lance this year. I think Davis Mills doesn't have as much pressure on him just because everyone recognizes the Texans aren't that good of a team. So he's kind of playing with house money. But in the end, that's an advantage for him because he gets every opportunity to prove his worth. And they're going to build around him, hopefully, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, like, I feel like, honestly, you look at Davis Mills, it's like, I feel like even if he, I feel like he just has to play great because, like, no matter how good he, like, he'll have to play, like, a, at, like, outstanding level for him to really, like, submit himself as the guy moving forward because you already know next year's quarterback class, everybody's going to be eyeballing C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, Anthony Richardson down there in Florida is getting a lot of love, more love than what Emory Jones was ever getting. A lot of people are really high on him. And the dude hasn't 
hasn't started yet. I don't think like a week one game or anything like that. But like, I, I just kind of feel like he'll end up getting the Garden Minshew treatment. Like everybody would just look at him as like a, a serviceable like starter or like a very good backup. Like I just feel like he really has to play like at a different level. And it's kind of unfair because, like, I still feel like Gardner Minshew should be a starting quarterback. Like, I'm still trying to figure out why. Uh, really, no- quickly, uh, really quickly, Gardner Minshew is better than guys like Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold and Tua Tagovailoa, in my opinion. <sighs> I, I had to you do that. You, you just had to take a shot at Tua. Man. I did, like, we, we need it. Everybody too. watching this, we got to do a Drake. Uh, hold on, right now. Play. Right now, he's better than Justin Fields. He's, play, he's, he's proven more than Justin Fields. I'm being fair. I mean, I put I put Davis Mills and Tua on the same. I mean, if you want to say Davis Mills is better than Tua based off last season, like, I can understand that. Even though, like, I just feel Davis Mills is a more talented quarterback. He did he did more he did more of less, but I don't know if he's more talented because, like, I definitely feel like he's going to end up getting that Garden Minshew. Like, unless Davis Mills really just knocks out the part, like he has like another season like last year where he has like twenty touchdowns, ten interceptions. Like, I feel like people are going to be like, you know, like. He is an above-average quarterback at best, but can we upgrade? Because you already know in this loaded quarterback market, everybody isn't okay with, you know, above-average. Everybody's trying to get the the elite guy because we have an oversaturated guys, yeah. market. But here's why, here's why I kind of disagree with you. Because Gardner Minshew – I mean, Davis Mills was, what, a third-round pick, but Gardner Minshew was a sixth-round pick. So Davis Mills was drafted higher than him. And I feel like people kind of know it. Minshew is even though I think Minshew is good I really do I think that he is is a potential franchise quarterback if you build around him but the thing is there's always gonna be physical limitations with Gardner Minshew just because he's a shorter quarterback but Davis Mills he's got the prototypical size like this isn't a Kyler Murray situation and no shot at Kyler Murray because I think Kyler Murray's fantastic but like you don't have limitations with the height and things like that I think his physical tools like his mobility his Uh arm strength is pretty underrated, you know, whereas Minshew, Minshew has to play a certain way just because of the physical limitations. And it's one of those things where your offense is only so limited. Now you can be a great team playing in a way where he's, he's managing the game, making great decisions and occasionally scrambling and making those plays. But yeah, I, I think Davis Mills, there's a little something there. I, I think there's a little more something there than you're willing to give him credit for. And then also like, what if Lovey Smith doesn't work out? Because I mean, like, let, let's be honest. Like, we saw the hiring. I was like, bro, like, I was surprised they fired David. Well, I wasn't surprised they fired David Cully. I didn't agree with the move. Yeah, like, I didn't agree. I, like, I didn't agree, I, with, I, I agree with the move at first because I was thinking, okay, like, let's see if you're going to get somebody out there. Like, if you would have got a Mike McDaniel's or a Josh McDaniel's. You get what I'm saying? I would have looked at it like, okay, I can understand, but like. You bring Lovey Smith as your head coach, like the dude, bro. Lovey Smith must really know how to sauce people up. Like this dude must have some really good talk game, or whatever. Because like this dude definitely is a people's person. Like everybody that comes around Lovey loves him. But let's be honest, Let like, say, can, I, can I say this just really quickly? You got to keep in mind this is the Houston Texans organization. Like they're not going to get the top of the line head coach. It's just not going to happen. That's why David Cully was the coach in the first place, because no one wanted to take the job except a, a guy that's been in the NFL for 20 years has never had a head coaching opportunity. And it was looking at Josh McCown. 
Yeah, they were. I saw that. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame that David Cully kind of got scapegoated because I felt he actually did enough to keep his job. It's just that he was in a I, I made I made an episode on my or, or a segment on my channel just titled It Does Not Matter If David Cully is a great head coach, just because it just never was gonna work. He was always the guy that was gonna be the stop bridge guy. Now you would think they try to upgrade over Lovey Smith because I think he's the outdated head coach, but hey, it's Bro, this dude, this dude it's the Texans organization, so this dude hasn't had a winning season in years. And let's not forget he was a head coach at Illinois and got fired. He ain't went there. Like, and he didn't win in Tampa. It's like I'm not, I'm not kind of do that. Like, I want to see, I want to see my brethren succeed. You get what I'm saying? But it's like. I mean, like, what is Lovey Smith going to do that David Culley didn't do last year? You get what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of a lateral move. It's like the coaching hire wasn't an upgrade, and it wasn't a downgrade because, I mean, like, it's still the bottom of the barrel. It's basically it, saying, it, like – could have set Davis Mills back just because he's learning a whole new language, but at the same time, you know, you have Pep Hamilton there. So we'll see, but to basically answer your question, I honestly – don't have a problem believing in Davis Mills. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket and say, oh, he's going to be the franchise guy just because he's not as talented as the Kylers, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Josh Allen's of the world, but he's good enough. Like he has the tools to do it. And like I said, he's only scratching the surface just because he only had like really 14 starts in college in three years. Like this guy's only going to get better and better. Houston should build around him and we'll see what happens. They should, man. Like I keep telling people, like whenever you're able to get a Davis Mills or a Gardner Minshew, like those don't come often. You get a super, super, super cheap rookie rookie contract, even though you're gonna have to extend them faster. But it's like you can't build around them more. But I kind of feel like if you're not a first round pick, like everybody's always gonna have questions about you, unless you were like you know in the weak quarterback class and you just got a lot of upside. But I, I honestly like. I don't really know. And I'm not saying I don't know because I don't believe in him because I definitely, I agree with you. It's just that I don't know if he was to make himself because like, he's in, he has a lot to overcome. That's yeah, like, it's just like, it's just like, he needs to have like, I just feel like for him to really submit himself, he has to have like an incredible season. And given the situation that's around him, it's not like, I don't think that the situation is going to help him put up the kind of numbers that he needs or have the kind of season that would, you know, make them say, you know what, even if we have a top five pick, we're going to pass over AR-15 or CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, and we're just going to go ahead and they, stick with him. They did not do what the Jets did. The Jets put Zach Wilson in a situation where it's like, hey, bro, you got to perform now because, like, they put weapons around them. Uh, they have a pretty good coach, in my opinion. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. So, any closing remarks you want to make? Like, I believe in Davis Mills. It's just that I feel like I don't know if the Texan, I don't feel like the situation that he's going into this season is going to allow him to really submit himself. And I feel like the Texans, if they get a top five pick and they have the opportunity to get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, I think they would end up pulling that trigger because like, I could see Davis Mills probably having a solid season really and getting trade in and going just, off. Just really quickly. I understand the C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young hype. I just want to see them for another year. That's all I got to say before I say, oh, we're going to pencil Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And like, I, I got to see them for another year, especially Bryce Young. Uh, just cause I, think, I think he's a little bit overhyped, just a tad, but I got to see a little more. We'll see. He's Definitely. Excellent. Definitely.